0: Drink it in now. Touch down the toy line. It's cornbread. 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 Drink it in now. Touch down the toy line. Drink it in, drink it in, drink it in now. Uh. Detroit Kool-Aid, Detroit Kool-Aid drinkers. What's going on, everybody? It is Wednesday here on the podcast. I'm your host, Derek Ocree, serving up that Honolulu blue-flavored Kool-Aid for you. Drink it in now. Uh. Side of cornbread. Cornbread. Make it a double. Cornbread. You know, we're here talking Lions uh, here in the off season. We just got through the draft, heading to a very exciting lead-up. To training camp and everything else that's going on with the Detroit Lions. So today, I want to go solo and get you guys a show about the hype surrounding the Detroit Lions. The excitement surrounding Dan freaking campbell um i also want to talk about so we got a rookie minicamp coming up you guys know you'll be hearing this and then the day after the schedule is coming out that's when i'll be giving you those glorious takes of 10 w's that's the floor we start at 10 we work our way up you know how it's done drink it in uh... (laughs) now and uh we'll get into all that i'll kind of give you a little bit of a primer here on the show today and just some more reasons about why to be excited Uh, the the cornbread and and kool-aid is flowing people are pumped up about what they did in the draft where they're headed and i i'm obviously on board with that as well so i'll give you some reasons why and then the back half of the show i want to talk to you guys about uh the last three drafts the lions have had the two previous and then just dive into this one a little bit more and just say that's kind of the lifeblood of your team that's really how you build your team there's Obviously, other great organizations in the National Football League that every year seem to be getting stud after stud. And why do you think they're good? Because they're just making good quality draft picks, bringing in good character players at premier positions. So we'll look at how the Lions have done in the past three years. Obviously, Brad Holmes seems to have two pretty good drafts under his belt. They got to go out and ball out. They got to stay healthy. They got to make plays. They got to live up to this potential. But uh, definitely very excited about that. And when I talk about that, I'm going to talk about, again, those Lions cornerstones. I just want to hone in on some of those guys that are the young cats, that are the, you know, the building blocks of this team, and hopefully the guys the Lions can keep around for years and years to come, and guys that'll also get better this year than they were last year, and then better the year, pre- you know, after that. Like, I just think it's really important for them to keep progressing. But we have some dynamic talents on this team, as well as some big nasty football players, and you got to have a combination of both. You got to have toughness. And you got to have skill and they got to be good character guys that love football. Those are kind of the four main things that I think wins at the highest level. So let's not mess around. Let's get into this. Before I get into like the hype about the team, I just want to hype up a few of the Kool-Aid drinkers out there. I did this a show or two ago where I was saying, you got to call the Detroit Kool-Aid cast line, 989 two, seven, two, three, four, eight, four, a couple, you took me up on that more than a couple. Actually, you called in, you texted in, you, uh, left a voicemail. I mean, what I want to do is keep building that up. I want to, uh, keep getting more and more. And then I'm going to be very selective. You're not just going to call up any day of the week and get played on the pot. But if you call up and you're good and you call up again and you're good again, and you keep bringing it, I'm going to give you DAP on the show. I'm going to play you on the pod here. But what I am going to do sometimes is give people shout-outs. What was it, a couple weeks ago? Cornbread Jerry is in. He, he he texted in and loved it. We got Tommy Lyon, who's uh, Motor City Sports Boys, I think is his Twitter handle. Go check him out. He's really been repping the show, um, supporting, saying how good it's spreading the word. And, and if any of you guys want to know why I retweet the show, why I retweet my own retweets, why I put it out multiple times a day or week, whatever it is, because this is the only way I get the Kool-Aid out to the Detroit Kool-Aid drinkers. I don't have some big marketing budget. We don't have a bunch of different ways to get out. I tweet it out. I'm going to throw it up on IG. It's going to be out on, I think people still use Facebook, kind of, sort of. So it kind of goes there as well. Um, But that's the only way I get it out. So I'm just trying to get it out to as many people as I can, because what I found with the show, it continues to grow day after day, show after show we have never had more listeners, more traction than we do right now is that when people actually know what's out there, can find it and listen to it I mean uh, they're absolutely hooked Drink it in, man uh... Cornbread! It's, it's, it's like they, they're they like, man, I didn't know this show was out here man, it's my favorite and, and what they like most I think about the Kool-Aid cast again, I'm just going to be short on this about myself and the show I try to bring you football takes, try to entertain, but I also like it where it's two buddies or me or whoever just enjoying themselves talking about the team. Have you ever listened or to a show or a pod or something where a person just takes himself way too seriously or they're going down things in alphabetical order or they're telling you the same things that everybody else has told you about and bores you to death? Nobody wants to listen to that. You, you want to call up and hear some hot take. You want to call up and hear something that makes you laugh. You want to call up and hear about your favorite team. Like you're sitting down at a local establishment talking to with the guy across the way saying, man, what, what do you think about the Lions? What are the Lions going to do this year? I mean, I think that's what you guys want. So that's what I try to bring. I don't try to take myself too seriously. I do try to have some fun. But I do love take talking ball either – in an entertaining way. And I like to break it down as well. We're going to do a little bit of both of all those things today. So let's not mess around. Thank you guys for hitting up the line. Thank you for texting. Thank you for sharing the show. Thank you for hitting me up on Twitter. You guys can find me at Derek Oakery, and uh, let's just keep bringing it. Let's keep getting excited about this team. And speaking of excitement, I mean, Lions getting crazy good draft grades all over the place. Dan freaking Campbell is 25 to one to be the coach of the year i mean if if you were coach of the year if you were a coach of the year candidate i mean i'm curious what you might say when you get up to the podium this place has been kicked it's been battered it's been bruised and i can sit up here and give you coach speak all day long that uh, none of that matters and you guys don't want to hear it anyway you've had enough of that so excuse my language we're going to kick you in the teeth all right and when you punch us back we're going to smile at you and when you knock us down we're going to get up, and on the way up, we're going to bite a kneecap off, all right? And we're going to stand up, and then it's going to take two more shots to knock us down, all right? And on the way up, we're going to take your other kneecap, and we're going to get up, and then it's going to take three shots to get us down. And when we do, we're going to take another hunk out of you. Before before long, we're going to be the last one standing, all right? That's going to be the mentality. That's going to be the mentality. I, I played the extra long extended version there so you guys could drink that in. Drink it in, man. It never gets old. It really doesn't. And Dan Campbell does have a lot of buzz. He's going to be on Hard Knocks. He's obviously going to be the star of Hard Knocks. He is just so relatable when he picks up that phone in the draft and he's like, What up, J Dub? Talking to Jameson Williams, like he's known him for years, and he's like, come here, be you, you're a ball player, we're ready to make you make plays, you gotta love a guy like that. Same with Brad Holmes, these guys are a great combo, they have a, just a sense of great sense about them right now, and it doesn't matter if you're like everyone's best friend, if you're funny, if you're very relatable, easy going. If you ultimately don't win, or in Brad Holmes's case, you can show up to the press conference in cool hoodies. You can talk real cool. You can rub your hands together. You can laugh it up. But if you don't make good draft picks, if you don't build a good football team, nobody's going to care at the end of the day. So the reason that people are so hyped about Dan freaking Campbell and Brad Holmes is because they're doing both. (laughs) These guys are cool. These guys are relatable. They're fun. They're normal human beings. And they're putting something together here in Detroit. Anybody with two eyes that isn't Ray Charles can see it. And everybody is excited about it. So will Dan Campbell win the head coach of the year? Probably not because we get disrespected by the national media. And he'd probably have to go from three wins up to 12 And just be playing incredible football to get something like that done. But if he does win at any level where it's 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12 W's. He's going to be one of the top names that's talked about across the board. Of like, Dan Campbell, man, we like this guy. We like the Detroit line. This is a new Detroit. That's what we want to hear from the national media. As well as be proud of the people leading this organization. And not just... In a uh, false sense, like we maybe have in the past, but uh, not only are these guys cool and they're good guys, they they're putting a ball team together. They're putting up W's. They got they're building something. That's what we want. So um, excited about that um, rookie minicamp that's coming up. I mean, to, you know, this will be. Um, Jameson Williams, obviously still in his recovery, but we may get the jersey number. I know I did a whole podcast segment, and then you guys hit me up, and there was rumor innuendo that ended up being false, that somebody put out, oh, he picked 89, and then I heard, you know, through the, uh, through the rumor innuendo line that, oh, he was just kidding and had to bring that back. And like I say, I'm not triple sourcing my things because – Folks, I mean, I write you some fantasy articles, and I and I do enjoy doing things on on some different publications, but I, I'm not going to claim to be a beat writer. I why why would I want to be some, you know. Uh, Journalist. I mean, the the most fun that people have are the sports radio guys. That come on, give their opinion, talk ball. Uh, they're not trying to get three sources and and go ahead and deep dive like certain people in the Detroit media trying to find the dirt. You know who you know who they are. I don't have to say it, right? That's been said here many a times uh, previously on the show. But when Ricky minicamp, maybe we'll get that number for Jameson Williams. What we will do is we'll see players on the football field like Hutch will be out there in the 97 uh, running around in shorts, doing some things. We'll hopefully get to see Kirby out there doing his thing. Josh Pascal. I know he has a little bit of an injury. He might be taking it slow. Just seeing these guys in their Lions jerseys, talking to the media, kind of getting their feet wet will be exciting. So we got that coming up here. I believe that starts on Friday of this week when you're hearing the podcast now everybody knows we love the schedule release uh you know you got your home and away opponents uh you know diehard detroit kool-aid drinkers absolutely can't wait to get back to ford field or around their big tv screen with their uh, favorite group of people to watch lions football week after week after week but when the schedule drops man it's really like a time where the season kind of crystallizes or you're like, okay, hard start, you know, Hey, I like this stretch. Hey, we got these primetime games, we got this West coast trip. Hey, we're, we're at home for three, four. Maybe we can, we can make some, some hay there. You know, there's all those things that come into it. I think the lions have a decently, I'm not going to call it easy because the NFL is ridiculously competitive. You know, that's my biggest beef sometimes with Lions fans, even the Kool-Aid drinkers. I feel like, and I'm guilty of it, we kind of look at this schedule and we just start chalking up W's and it's like, hold on now. Just because the team was bad last year doesn't mean they're going to be bad this year. Just because team was good last year doesn't mean you, it's an automatic loss. Like, you really got to take it for what what have they done this offseason, what have they lost, what have they gained, and, and what do you think that team's going to be? I mean, of course, I'm going to skew positive and give you W's for entertainment value as well as to pipe, hype you up. But... Every week is a coin flip, in my opinion, in most games in the NFL. Of course, there's sometimes you catch a team that's all beat up with injuries or, hey, this team is at the bottom of the standings. They're playing one of the high-powered offenses. Yeah, it might not be a fun day at the office for that team. But pretty much all these other games come down to the fourth quarter. They're going to come down to a touchdown, 10 points, you know, is a blowout basically in the NFL. So I, what I'm going to look for is kind of when I, when I get the schedule – as stupid as it sounds, I kind of first look at weather. You know, do we have any late year cold games, especially on the road? Do we have a lot of dome games or inside where we can sling it around and not have to worry about the elements? Now, I know that sounds kind of wimpy because you want to be a team that can go out in Green Bay in the middle of December and just bully them. And, and I think we're, we're, we're building some of that on the offensive line and defensive lines. But I also like when the Conditions are good and, and, you know, our our guys can go out and do their thing. The quarterbacks can throw it. Um, Running backs can make those kind of cuts like DeAndre Swift that you want to see. So I kind of look at weather first and foremost. I also look like, hey, do we have three, four? Usually like three road games in a row is kind of like as much as the NFL will give you. So usually the Lions get at least one of those where you got a three game stretch or three out of four on the road. You know, you're going to have to weather that type of thing. You know, can, can, can we get some home games done? Maybe even around Turkey Day where you get a home game, Thanksgiving, a game after that, and you can you can maybe chalk up three W's in a row. That gets a team going as well. And then people want to talk about the primetime games. Here's a rant. Here's a quick take on primetime games. I remember, what was it, a handful of years ago or, or more, when we finally got a Monday night football game against Chicago. And... The Lions, you know, were foreign. Oh, the place was going crazy. It was one of the coolest environments I've ever been. We beat the hell out of the Chicago Bears. What up, Joey Sports guy? Um, but, and that was a great experience. Don't get me wrong. We've had a couple other primetime games, start the season, whatever it is. Yeah, they're, they're fun, but there's nothing better for me than college football on Saturday, starting at noon, Michigan football, and then a one o'clock kickoff for the Lions, at home road, whatever it is, one o'clock kick, get it going and, and enjoy a total day of NFL ball. So I'm actually not a big fan of these like, oh, the Lions are on Sunday at 830. Like, I mean, not only do you have to wait, it gets in the way of the other games. Whereas if you get that one, you can watch your team, keep your eye on the other stuff or fantasy football and whatnot. But then the rest of the day, you can just veg, veg out and enjoy football. When your team is got, not playing until 8 or Monday or Thursday, it's it just clunks up my world. It really does. So I know a lot of people will be excited because I do think the Lions will have multiple primetime games this year. I'm thinking, I think they get two. I really do. I think they'll get two primetime games plus Thanksgiving. Um, we will see if that ends up happening. But that's my guess. And I know everyone loves it and gets excited. I'll definitely be down to usually go to one or two games nowadays. I mean, I I think I mentioned before about I might try to get my grandpa to go to one football game with me. He can't stand football. He's not a big sports guy. But when we have went to a Wings game or something very rarely, um, even though it's not his favorite up front, it's usually a fun experience for me and him. So I'm hoping maybe I could talk him into come, come on grandpa experience one lions game with me. This is my thing. I want to share it with you. Um, just like the grandpa chili and all his great stories and all the cool stuff he's done in his life that he shared with me that he enjoys. So we'll see if I can pull that off. But yeah, man, I'll be down to a couple games. I'm definitely hoping we can Kool-Aid it up and tailgate it up and, People I know. Last time we were down there, like multiple, a whole bunch actually, a Kool-Aid drinker swung by the tailgate. Love the pod. We're serving up Kool-Aid. We did not have cornbread last year, but I will make sure that gets done. I mean, I can't bake worth a damn, but I will probably find out how to get that done or purchase it from somewhere so we can have hot cornbread down at the tailgate to hand out to people. But. Um, it's just fun, man. It's it's really fun always going to a few games. I've been to so many um, that I like to share the wealth and with my season tickets to get family and friends and people that all go to the games and they get to enjoy. And I really think everyone's going to enjoy this upcoming stretch for the Lions, not just this year. I think next year, year after, year after that is really going to be something exciting to be seeing this football team. So I mean, and you're probably saying, well, what do you say that for? They they just haven't won, or why is it going to be different this time? I mean, I'm going to get to that in the back half of the show, but I think the young ball players we have, the big physical football players up front, but not ignoring skill and finesse too. Like I've always felt like for a while there, we, we tried to be ahead of the curve and get wide receivers and get running backs and get this and get that. And those guys just never panned out. And then we weren't good, like in the trenches. We weren't good on the defensive side of the ball. We haven't had any uh, linebackers that can run a hit. We haven't had any lockdown corners. We haven't had anybody, you know, on offense other than 81 and number nine doing their thing, you know, on a consistent basis. Whereas now, once I get into some of these weapons we have, as well as the trenches, and then some guys on defense, I think those are the type of players that can be here for a while, that are that are kind of culture, character-type guys, and guys that um kind of are just going to get better all together. I think I see this team coming together as a team that can grow together a little better this year, exciting next year, put up more Ws the year after, really be contending both for playoffs and more. Um, but it's the NFL. You never know. It could come really quickly or it could take a little bit longer. But I think these next one to three years are just going to be really fun to grow with this team, drink that Kool-Aid, um, get excited, and just say, man, I was with them the last five years when they were building this, and now I'm seeing it come to fruition. Drink it in uh... Everybody, let's take a break, get our great sponsors in here. I want to give you kind of a rapid-fire show. And then I got to come back, man. I want to I wanna break down these last couple draft classes, give you my thoughts, my takes. We'll go through some of the players, as well as how is it all molded together with what they did a week ago in the NFL draft and moving forward. So everybody, we'll be right back. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time, the Roast of Tom Brady, a Netflix live event happening May 5th All right, everybody, we're back from the break. Thanks so much for listening to our sponsors. Thank you so much for dialing up the show wherever you get it, whether it be Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, any basically any podcast platform you got. I know I threw it out recently, you know, Amazon Music, you can find it. Um, pretty much anywhere you go, I've definitely been keeping this thing rolling. I've Been doing the one show a week here in the off season, but usually during the season you get a Wednesday show where you kind of recap what happened the the game prior, and then a Friday show where we're previewing what's gonna happen and giving you that hype heading into that next ball game. So that'll probably be the same schedule. It has kind of been fun just to do the once a week show, kind of pour out my bucket of Lions content. Um, you know, on the one show and then keep it moving with the crazy business that is life, family, friends, all the stuff that's going on. And I know you guys have all that in your lives as well. But again, I can't thank you enough for listening, checking out our sponsors. Uh, definitely give me that follow on Twitter at Derek Oakry. And let's talk some football, fantasy football, everything in between. So let's go ahead and look at the uh, last three draft classes. And like I said, off the top, I call this the lifeblood of our football team. So if we go back a couple of years, You've got Mr. Okuda there at three overall. You know, that's a, uh, a question mark to say the least at this point, but I still have some high hopes. He's putting out some nice workout videos, which you know that always gets people all excited. And the hope is he can come back this year and be a above-average corner is what I would like, and then build off that the following year to be a, a sleigh type corner you know, and then see where he goes from there. That, that would be nice to see. I know that's high hopes, but we'll see. In the second round, they took DeAndre Swift at 35 overall. Obviously, that's turned out to be a great pick, and I know there's still some Swift haters, even in fantasy football. People are like, ah, oh, he never stays healthy. What, what is he? You know, we had knuckleheads on our local radio talking about, go get Kenneth Walker. Wow, he'd be good. It's like... We have Swift, we have Swag, we have Jamar Jefferson, we have Craig Reynolds. Like These are all guys that are cheap and that can play and that you don't need to bring in another running back every year. So I have really high hopes for DeAndre Swift. I think he can do it all. He's really fun to watch. He's a great kid on and off the field. Um, I just think he's very close to taking that huge leap of being a guy that you have to game plan for every week if you're an opposing team. You know, he's just gonna be getting touches in the run in the pass game every week. You don't know what he's gonna hit you with, and he's just dynamic. There's nothing else to say about him. He's he's a very dynamic top ten type running back talent. He has to stay on the field and he has to score touchdowns and put up those big yard games. And I'm talking about like, you know, hundred on the ground, fifty catching. I'm talking about finding the end zone. I'm talking about games where he has a hundred and 15 receiving you know uh, strictly as used as a pass catcher that type of stuff is, is what i want to see from them um in the third round that year they took i believe it went julian O'Quara, yep at 67 so they took him first and they were able to come back and get jonah jackson i mean again this is the previous regime but if you look at it getting swift and getting a guy on the come up like O'Quara seems to be now and jonah jackson has been rock solid as well as a a makeshift pro bowler, you know, that's kind of like where like 12 guys drop out and then Jonah Jackson gets to be a pro bowler. And then everyone says, wow, look at our pro bowl guards. Like eh, kind of, Um, but, but no, he, he's been real good. I think, Um, you know, for the most part, and he's a player I like, I like his mentality. Um, just a real solid starter over there at the left guard position. Then in the fourth round, th- this is, this is where we, this is where we went wrong with Logan Stenberg, the guard from Kentucky. 121 overall, guy's never seen the field. I never even hear about him. I guess he's still on the roster, but, you know, it seemed like a good guy. He seemed like a mauler, a guy that you could, you know, find something in. But, I mean, he's just he's just been a bad decision. It was a bad decision, period, point blank. It was a, a, one of the dumbest decisions I ever made. I mean, he just absolutely swing and miss in a fourth round, you know, upper fourth rounder at that point um, is just – it's just frustrating, kind of middle of the fourth round, but still, you know, like, and people are like, oh, maybe he'll step in at some point. Like, come on, man. The guy's been a tackling dummy uh, for the last past couple of years, and we've had injuries, and he still can't even see the field. So that, that that's a big swing miss right there. You know, you go down to the, the fifth round, 166, everybody, Quintes, Quintes Cephas. You know, here, here's another kind of hot take on Quintes Cephas, man. There's a lot of people out there I see on Twitter that act like Quintes Cephas has done something in the National Football League because he made a couple plays here or there and he's been injured multiple times. So it's like, man, I wouldn't write off Quintez. He was balling out last year. Really? Quintes wasn't balling out. He made a few plays, <laughs> okay? So I know I'm here to serve up the Kool-Aid, but that's just a disclaimer that I didn't mind the guy coming out of Wisconsin. I don't mind some of the things he brings to the table. I remember when he got all that... Buzz, you know, in that training camp, man, nobody can guard Quintez. Look out for Quintez. Quintez gonna do. I mean, Quintez is like a four-five on a at best in, in the NFL, and hopefully can find a role and make plays. But d- don't be giving me this when I'm running down Chark and J. Mo and Reynolds and Saint Brown, all these guys, and you're like. Don't forget about Quintez, man. He, he could do some things. I mean, yeah, he could probably run down on kicks, you know. He could probably, you know, make a first down catch here or there. But I'm not hanging my hat on Quintes at this point. Then another big miss, you know, a guy never even got out of training camp, Jason Huntley running back from New Mexico State at 172. John Pennacini in the sixth round. I mean, he's been around. He had a nice rookie year and then kind of followed up with a solid, but – He's just kind of a plugger and now that we've got some penetrating guys in there, he's still a guy you like want on your football team, but he you know, he's just he could have probably taken a bigger um you know, chance at that point in the draft for some talent rather than a big old nose tackle uh, defensive tackle type of guy jay sean cornell same thing you're trying to play the pff upside with his ratings and this and that and instead you just got a guy who's been hurt and suspended and out and whatever else has happened to him and I, I wouldn't really expect him to be a contributor on the team. So so that's the that's the Bob Quinn. That's the Matt Patricia. I know you want don't want to hear their names. I don't really want to either at this point. But that's that's their class a couple years ago. And now we get into the Brad Holmes class. He comes right in and he gets an absolute gem at seven overall. My number two football player in that draft, Pen Sewell who the only questions I had were, can he just flip over to the right and be good? The word was, no, he's struggling. And then they put him at left and he was a beast. And a lot of you were like, oh, there's our left tackle. Get rid of Taylor Decker. I even threw out there, hey, at least listen to offers for Taylor Decker um, if you can get something good for him. But then he flips right back over to right and he's been a beast. He's been an absolute beast over there on the right side as well as Finally getting Taylor Decker back last year. What did he miss? Like seven, eight games, something like that. It was supposed to be like two and then went up to four. And then it was like, oh, he would be back in like, you know, six, seven games. And then it was like eight or more, it felt like, before he ever got on the football field. But when he did, he seemed to hold his own. Panay was balling and beating people up on the right side, even getting an Aaron Donald's face, which you got to love. This guy's a just a 10-year player for the Lions. Right side, left side, doesn't matter. He's going to maul you. He's got crazy good feet. I can't wait till they start getting him out on screens even more. He just starts plowing people 15-plus yards down the football field like he can do. Um, Sky's the limit for that kid. Love it. Um, Then then with the next pick they took, Levi, a.k.a. Big Denim, as I've deemed him here on the pod. I mean, this guy's 6'3", 290, 300 pounds, You know, everyone was pretty, you know, he was a little bit off the radar when they took him. And people were kind of like, ah, you know, could have had this guy, could have had that guy. But then you started looking at him, you're like, this is a big old nasty dude that said he wanted to bleep, bleep, bleep up in the backfield on every play. Well... The problem with, instead of the backfield, it was his back. I mean, this guy, this guy, you know, had a back injury and then you didn't really see him early in the season. Then he came on then you really didn't see him when he was out there. Make, I mean, I think he got one quarterback hit the whole year. Um, I don't know. I think he's got a lot of potential. They say that he's he's beefed up. He's looking rock solid. He's a lot healthier. We always hear that every off season, but... I would love for Big Denim to uh, to ball out. And, and if I'm going to give him the nickname, can, can, he, can he do me a favor? I'm sure he listened to the show. I'm sure somebody told him, hey, man, you got this guy calling you Big Denim. That's a pretty solid nickname. I mean, it's a lot better than, I don't know, Brad always open for business homes, especially when you got the alternative of Big Bad Brad Homes. You know what I'm saying? So, <laughs> I mean, I'm sure Levi knows about the nickname. Levi, can you do me a favor, man, and show up at least to one game, especially on a Sunday at Ford Field in the Canadian tuxedo? I'm talking about denim from head to floor. I'm talking about a denim hat, denim vest, denim shirt, denim jacket, denim jeans, denim shoes of some sort. Like, come on, man. Make that that happen, please. You got to make that happen. Then they came back in the third round, and they got plump. That's Aleem McNeil, dude 6'2", 315, allegedly, uh, pounds, because dude's looking extra plumpty plump in his jersey. I mean, he's supposed to have these great feet and be this, you know, sport we shall not speak of player, but I didn't see him make a bunch of plays last year either. He was in a lot, but I didn't see him making any penetration. I didn't see him really blowing up a ton of plays. I think he's solid. I need to see more. I mean... If he's young and he's athletic and he slims up a little bit from his big plump status, I think he'd be a real nice player for a long time. But I think, you know, you want impact at that type of, you know, pick in the draft. So I'm hoping plump can give me more this year. I like him as a person. I like the type of player they got. He's a young player, big player, you know, all that type of stuff. But We just need to see more playmaking and maybe because they're going to more penetrating, he will do so. Then you got Ify Mellifonwu. I thought this was a really nice find because you can never have enough corners. He had some flashes as well. He was hurt a lot. This is, again, another case of that Detroit Kool-Aid drinker mentality, unfortunately, where you saw him make a couple plays against Green Bay, and, uh, you know, you started drinking it in out there. Okay, Kool-Aid drinker and, you know, cornbread muffin and all that. <laughs> I'm guilty of it as well. We were like, oh, we got something here. Look at this kid. Next thing you know, injured, out like eight weeks, came back, made a couple plays, but didn't didn't see as much as maybe we had hoped for in the beginning. Again, redshirt junior, 6'2", over 210-plus pounds, like the size, like his ability, I think he can build on that. And then the gem of the draft at one. Where'd they take this kid? I don't even – I think it was like one – 12, 114, something like that. Amon Ross St. Brown, the guy that was like 184 on Logan Deers draft board, where he hemmed and hawed, oh, He's he's okay, he's this, he's that. I said, this guy's a slot demon. He's going to come in and make plays. I love where they got him. I loved when I saw this guy on his pro days out there working hard, making plays. Looked like a ball player to me. Brad Holmes takes him. This guy is... I deemed him recently on Twitter the next Debo <laughs> because I had just watched a highlight reel, and Amon Ra was running the football. He was cutting people up on short routes. He was running over people. He, he was scoring touchdowns. He felt like Debo to me from a mentality perspective, size, what he does on a football field. Love it. Absolutely love what he brings. I think he's going to build off of it. I think he's a lot of pressure off of him because what he did last year, he can come in build off that. But you got Chark, you got Jamo, you got um, Reynolds, you got everybody's favorite, Quintes. You know, like you can kind of just do your thing. Like when you're open, they'll get you the football. I didn't even mention Hawkinson, I didn't even mention Swift or Swag. So it's like a lot of weapons, a lot of hands out there. But hey, just get open and make plays when you need to, and otherwise block your tail off and do your thing. So on Ross St. Brown is a great name. He's a great player. He's a great person, and I uh, just love his mentality from top to bottom, no question. This is my guy. This is my big question mark right here, Derek Barnes. They traded up for right after they took St. Brown. They basically went back-to-back picks which I'm about to do here on one of my 32 team fantasy leagues that I'm building. I'm about to go back to back in the first round um, at 24 and 25. They went back to back with Amon Ra, A-R-S-B, another good nickname that I um, short and clean that I gave to him here on the show. And then you got Barnes, Derek Barnes. Now, Again, he doesn't spell his first name right. you got to go with the D-E-R-E-K. That's the only way to do it. He, he, he's he got the dare with the Rick at the end. I mean, it is what it is. I'll let that slide. I love him in the 55 jersey. Derek Barnes is a guy that, like, I just don't think we saw what we should have saw last year. He should have been used more. He should have rushed the passer more. We should have, like, let him do his thing because when he was allowed to do his thing, go back and watch the tape. He's blowing people up, flexing. He's out there stopping the run, goal line stops when we need it. Like, I felt like every time he was given the opportunities, he seized them. But he was given, like, very few. It was like that, let's bring him along slow, and we'll see what he's got. It's like, I think I see a beast here physically at the linebacker position. Now, I do think you have to find the right role. Is he an outside? Is he a middle guy? Does he need to be more... Um, you know, blitzing, going after quarterbacks. I'm still unsure about all that. But one thing I do know is I love Derek Barnes. He's got kind of this crazy Kramer type hair going on where he's got the box uh, haircut flowing up, but the hairline's a little bit far back. Uh, But he's just a great human being and a physical beast and a guy that I think I hope, let's put it that way, takes a huge leap here in year two where he can be out there a good percentage of snaps. He can know his role. He can do it. And he can just lay the wood to people with those monstrous arms and that speed and attacking ability that he has. And then in the seventh round, they went with Jamar Jefferson, who to me is a guy that, again, limited opportunities, but scored a couple TDs. He had one long one, and then he got hurt. And it's like kind of liked what you saw from the kid in the limited opportunities. I mean, again, five ten-ish, but two hundred fifteen plus pounds. Nice college career. To me, it's a it's a nice little player to have in that three four, you know, three four type running back slot. So I I liked Jamar Jefferson. So you know, those two classes are are you know the. The one from a couple years ago, we got to see what Mr. Okuda can do. You have a couple big-time misses in that class. That first class by Brad Holmes is looking very solid top to bottom. You know, I would think if those players play, you know, above what they did last year, it's going to look really good after this next season. And then you got this year, man. You got Hutchinson. Big-time edge, big-time athlete, big-time leader, all the things you look for. You got Jamison Williams, who the more I keep thinking about Jamison Williams is like the Lions really have a guy now that is must-see. You can't leave your TV. You can't not go to the games because you don't know what j is going to do on any play in any situation once he gets healthy. I cannot wait. He's way more exciting than 81 ever was. I can tell you that just from turning his tape on. This guy is going to beat people deep. He's going to run by people. He's going to make electric plays week in, week out. I can't wait to see him. That was tremendous. Um, Josh Pascal, to me, is a guy that was a little off my radar personally. But the more you read up on him and look at him, you just think this guy is probably going to grow into a nice role as like a interior pass rusher that is just a fan favorite and a guy that's glue. He's glue on this football team, and I think that's slowly become one of my favorite picks, and I can't wait to see him on the football field. Kirby, to me, is a guy that you would hope is like a Tracy clone or even like a uh, you know a better Louis Delmas when we had him where he was an exciting safety. He'd make some plays. You want him to get his hands on the football. I like Kirby Joseph. There were other safeties I liked more in the second, third rounds in that range but Kirby is a guy they loved we knew that going in they took him and they seem to love him a lot James Mitchell is a guy too off my radar but you're hearing lots of good things athletic tight end a guy that can you know be in above kind of what Brock Wright can do but obviously not TJ Hawkinson and um, I don't know we'll see what James has like we hear that a lot about some of these mid rounds it's sort of like let's see what he has before I you know, tip my cap to him totally, but Malcolm Rodriguez is a guy that you see him on tape, you see what he brings, you're kind of like, yeah, you could see what Lions would like this guy. He seems to run and hit all over the field, seems also like a leader, kind of a new age type linebacker that we have in today's game in the middle that, yeah, he might be a little bit smaller, but he'll go find the football and can cover a little bit and do what you need to. James Houston is another wild card to me, a guy that I don't know if he's going to blow up uh, or blow up you know in a good way or a bad way I feel like James Houston has such great tape at Jackson State and he's just flying around people and tackling everything in the backfield like wh- how are the Lions going to use him you know I see him much more as an edge player than I do as just a stack backer on the outside but that he seems like he can play everything so I can't wait to see what James has and then you got Chase Lucas in the seventh round who I think is that uh kind of gritty football player that you try to find late in those drafts and see if they stick. So, you know, I think those are three nice classes, to be honest. I mean, you're talking about two to three, four at most of guys that have either eh, or just may wash out. The rest are here. You know, that's what I'm talking about, the lifeblood. So to kind of firm up the end of this show, I just want to look at the cornerstones. When I wrote down who are the cornerstones right now, of the Detroit Lions, that you guys can drink that Detroit Kool-Aid for and be excited about. Drink it in now. First cornerstone I wrote down, Frank Ragnow. Like he's paid. He's very humble. He's in the middle of our offensive line. He's very dominant when it comes to PFF and whatnot. Now, are there times where I want him to even have a little more nasty or to be that ultimate uh, just beast of a football player? Yeah, at times, but he's a cornerstone with everything he brings to the table and uh, just a rock-solid football player from top to bottom. The next name I put down was DeAndre Swift. Yes, he's a running back. I get it. It's kind of a devalued position, but Swift can catch it. He can run it. He can run past you. He can jump over you. He can score touchdowns. I could see him catching 80-plus passes if you use him in a certain way. So that's a cornerstone to me of a guy like a Kamara and others that's just like, damn, he's a running back, but he can, he can beat us in all types of ways, and he's out there a lot on the football field. I think you're going to see him more and more out there going into his third-type season here. Really excited about what he can bring. Next one I wrote down, Penne Sewell. I already talked about him. Penne is the typical quarter cornerstone. Big, physical, nasty, good human being. Um, offensive line, a very important spot that the Lions have neglected for quite a while now. So love what Penn A brings to the table. Don't write this next kid off. Number two overall, Aiden Hutchinson. Like, I think he comes in, works his tail off, but by year two or three, He's a cornerstone leader, face the franchise type guy. Don't tell me about oh he didn't get, you know, 15 sacks so he's not worth the draft pick. No, he brings everything else to the table. I love it. Um, you got to put Jameson Williams as a cornerstone of this team going forward. You got him for five seasons. That's 2022 right now. Jameson Williams won't even get paid until 2026 or or seven, you know, depending on how they how they work that with the fifth year option and all that. Maybe even if you want to be crazy, 2028, you got this guy locked into. He's going to get healthy quickly. I would see him, if I had to throw it out there now, I think he dabbles sort of in training camp and doesn't play in the preseason, but may get unleashed week one on somebody, whoever that comes out on that schedule. Or, hey, he's pretty much ready to go, but we'll give him the first two ball games to just kind of watch and get his feet wet and get ready. And then week three, I'd say he's out there rolling, you know, not like babying him either. I think you could just let him go. This is a standard injury now, and he feels very confident. So does his doctor. I, I talked about him earlier and I put these two guys together, big denim and plump. They're a combo meal to me. Um, those guys are cornerstones because they're big bodies on the defensive side of the football in the middle of your defense. Um, Romeo Quara to me is a cornerstone. I always forget about him, but he's paid. He's a great person. He's been productive here in Detroit. I would like to see another nice year from him this year. If it's back from the Achilles with sack numbers and tackles and production, but I think he's a cornerstone right now. Derek Barnes, I think you have to throw in there. A-O. You guys know who he is, don't you? I mean, I I got a soundbite here somewhere for him. I got a couple actually now. A-O. Oh, baby! (laughs) Or A-O. Oh, baby! I put him as a cornerstone just because of his play on the field. Like, he's slowly come along, and last year he had a tremendous year. If he backs that up this year... Yeah, he's a cornerstone corner for you that you can pay and get excited about for years to come. They also went and dipped in the pocketbook and paid Tracy Walker. That's another guy that chops in the D doesn't like him, but that doesn't mean he's not good. Like this guy could be a cornerstone as well from a leadership perspective, dog mentality. All he's got to do is make some more impactful plays, whether it's blitzing or get his hands on the football. Tracy loves it here in Detroit. The people love him. The media loves him. And if he can just ball out a bit more with those high-impact plays, yeah, he's a cornerstone at safety because he's got go-go gadget arms. He can run, hit. He's physical. He's young. And he's big. You know, he's got all the things you look for. So I put him on the list. And the last guy I put on just as like that cornerstone, that guy that you want to build around, that guy that is going to galvanize the rest of the people, a guy that's going to outproduce what you think he can do at this moment. That's Josh Pascal, really is. I mean, the more I looked into him, it's just his character, his his physicality, the versatility he has, all the things he brings to the table. Josh Pascal, I think, will be one of those guys that you'll see on the souvenir cups, the front of Ford Field, as, and one of those collage photos as one of the guys that the Lions um, – calling a cornerstone and can build around. They love him. I think the fans will love him and he just got to get out there and do it. But uh, I think he has everything you look for in kind of a big defensive uh, edge tackle, you know, interior type player that can rush play the run, move inside, outside, do everything you want to do. And like I say, just be an absolute stud off the field and in the locker room. So everybody, that's what I got for you. I try to keep it tight on the front end of the show. I went a bit, a little bit longer here on the back half, Always serving up that Detroit Kool-Aid here on Wednesdays for you. Drink it in man. Side of cornbread on the way out. Cornbread. You know we got to make that a double. Cornbread. And I'll catch you next week right here on the Detroit Kool-Aid cast. Take care, everybody. I'm out. Drink it in, man.